Today's episode of Birds with Friends is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to birdswithfriends.robinhood.com. That's birdswithfriends.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit Robinhood.com slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing, Sheila, and the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo, Wolf, and coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings i'm gonna have the rest of my life with these kids wow get, we gotta get that in a drop uh immediately we'll edit that one out that didn't come out quite there's no editing no no editing on this podcast that's the wonderful of birds with friends no editing <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends on this lovely wednesday late morning bo wolf here at the novacare complex sitting across from Sheila Kapadia, who's playing with his phone, and Zach Berman, who's fiddling with his phone. Gentlemen, we have a podcast to do. I'm thrilled to do this. Seriously, this is I was looking forward to this one. We just heard from Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson for about a half an hour. Uh, I would say about 80% of the questions directed at Howie Roseman. We're going to treat this bad boy like a, like a post-game pod, and we've got a lot to unpack. Sound good? Let's do it. Give me, uh, Shield. Zach and I had talked a little bit after the press conference. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We no should have saved for it all pod. for the pod. I want to know, your what, what was your number one takeaway? Number one takeaway is it would be even less surprising now if Jim Schwartz is not this team's defensive coordinator in 2020. That to, was so bizarre. To, to paint the picture, uh, Doug Peterson was first asked about Mike Groh and Carson Walsh. He said, oh, you know, they did, those guys did a good job. And then he was asked to follow up. Will they be back next year? Declarative. And he said, yes, they will be. Later we can on, get to that. Later on in the press conference, he was asked about Jim Schwartz interviewing for the Cleveland Browns job. And he was asked again, very specifically, will he be back? And Doug Peterson said, well, he'll be back on the plane. He kind of, you know, cracked a joke. Started doing some hemming and hawing. Hemming and hawing. There was a follow-up. Will he be back as your defensive coordinator? Uh I'm still evaluating my staff. And he said he's evaluating his staff. He said, uh, I know what I said before, um, evaluating everybody. Made it sound to me like there's a, a decent chance that Jim Schwartz is not back here. That was my big takeaway. Yeah, my takeaway is, well, regarding Schwartz, 
is they wouldn't be opposed if he uh, got that Browns. I think job. they're they're really pulling yeah, for him. To they get would that love job. they would love for that decision to be made for them as opposed to being forced to make it. But I agree with Shield, and I, it I was really it. bizarre the way he he handled those two separate questions. And I think there was no way to read it other than that there is at least you know a a possibility that. Doug just wants to get rid of Jim Schwartz. And, you know, Jeff McLean has, has written a lot of stories about sort of the background of the relationship between Schwartz and, and Doug and the relationship between Schwartz and the front office and how much sort of power he wields on the defensive personnel. To me, you know, Jim Schwartz, I think, is like a, is a guy who thinks that he is maybe more talented than the role that he currently has. I think he thinks he should be a head coach and... I think that it's it wouldn't be a surprise if like that outsized personality uh, wears out its welcome after after four years at least for Doug. Well, some some background there. First off, Doug didn't hire Schwartz. Okay? Right. Uh, Doug Schwartz was essentially hired by Howie. Now Doug signed off on it. Doug met Schwartz after you know kind of accepting the job, but Schwartz was here for Doug's opening press conference when Doug got hired, and then Schwartz. Spoke to reporters afterwards, mm-hmm. so he was in the in in the corner. They didn't know each other before, uh, you know, before this this partnership. Uh, it was a very sensible hire at the time because he had the experience. Because Doug didn't have experience on the defensive side of the ball, and he was essentially here to be the head coach of the defense, Ex- which which Doug called him. But it's a different time in, in, in Doug Peterson's head coaching tenure. I think Doug has more gravitas, more power, if you will. Uh, I I think Schwartz is a really good defensive coordinator. There's, I don't know. There is there is no arguing. I know that there are some like uh, tendencies he has that can be very maddening for fans, and, there, and it's true. But there's no arguing with the track record. He is absolutely one of the better defensive coordinators in the league. And if he is gone, the Eagles will will struggle to replace him. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I look at it in a couple different ways. There. Uh, if you look at what he's done, you know you 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 mentioned sort of the setup on how he was brought here. He did a he did a good job. I mean, he did a great job. They won a Super Bowl. You look at the DVOA, all those numbers. You look at the talent he was given. I mean, who's looking at this defense and saying, you know, they didn't fulfill expectations any of these years given the personnel he has at his disposal? Now, game by game, we went over it. There, sure. oh, you know, why? Do, what is he thinking here? Why is he Inverted doing that? Cover too. Yeah. So there are things you can certainly point out there, and you know. I, on one hand, I think it will be hard to find someone better. On the other hand, if you get to a point where you don't think the guy's the guy, then you shouldn't be scared and say, we can't, well, we can't do better. Like sometimes you kind of have to say, time is running its course. There could be personality issues. Um, you right, know, and, and I'm not convinced, by the way, that this is Doug saying, you know, this is mm-hmm. Doug perspective. You know, you mentioned the Jeff McLean articles were about Schwartz and the front office maybe not seeing eye to eye on point. personnel. If we go by history of this organization, what's more likely? Mm-hmm. That Doug is squabbling with someone or that the GM isn't seeing eye to eye with someone? Well, and really, well, I mean, well said. I mean, Peterson, what have you, what coach have we even heard? He hasn't seen, you know, he's made changes, but. Well, we've heard about at least one that he didn't necessarily see fully eye to eye with. Okay, who was that? Your boy, Flip. Oh, okay, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you're right. But uh, I think that, I think the point about Howie is uh, is is definitely fair to say. And I mean, I mean, look, you look at the the Gennard Avery trade for which he answered uh, during the, the press conference that we just got out of. But I mean, that's a guy 
give up a fourth round pick, he's inactive in the playoff game. True. There's, the, there's the Chris and, Long story. And what Schwartz said a month, what, a month ago about uh, I don't make personnel. Didn't he have a comment like that in a press conference? I don't choose the. Well, he just said you have to ask. I think you have to ask. Right. The, mm-hmm. Which could be nothing or could but be. But, it, I mean, the thing is, and, and to, to kind of follow up on, on your answer there, where you said given the personnel, uh, I'm sorry, given the personnel that he has, a lot of this personnel he's picked. Yeah. You know, going back to 2016 when Leotis McKelvin was their starting corner. That was a Schwartz call. Nigel Bradham was a Schwartz call. Uh, bringing in Corey Graham, Schwartz call. Yeah, some of those things worked out very well. Yes. And though, but those are also, what about like draft? I mean, the, what have they given him yeah. via the draft yeah. to work with? I mean, I don't right. know. Just, you just Barnett, real the Josh last four drafts. Yeah. Vontae Tough now. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and, and those, you I mean, know, yeah, those I mean, have been he okay. Hasn't had a, he hasn't had a, a draft pick yeah. earlier than the fourth round in the last two drafts. There you go. Right. Yeah. I also don't think that Schwartz, like, I, I think Schwartz could be a good head coach if he gets a head coaching job, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there, it's possible. What would possible. be interesting, though, is if Schwartz is paired, if Schwartz is a D coordinator somewhere else, if he's paired up well, that with would the tell, Browns. Well, that, yeah. that would give us the definitive answer, mm-hmm. right? Because yes. if he's a head coach, then they can get away with it. It's just like, oh, good, congratulations, yeah. Jim. Thanks for everything. If he leaves to become, like, the Browns defensive coordinator, he is under contract through this season, through, through the 2020 yeah. season, according to Mike Garofolo. So yeah, if, that would be your answer. If Kevin Stefanski or Josh McDaniel, uh, uh, if... McDaniels. If McDaniels, I'm sorry, gets the Browns job. There's multiple. There's mul- th- I've actually spoken to his father, Tom McDaniels. Tom McDaniel. Uh, yeah. Thank and you. don't forget before the Super Bowl year, right, the Mike Lombardi thing and yes. the connection uh, with him and Jim Schwartz. I mean, I think Schwartz has done a good job. I also think he, he, he very well could be the kind of guy who... Uh, you feel differently about him working with him mm. after three years than right. you do the first yeah. year. I mean, he could, you know, a lot of coaches yeah, are, are, are certainly like that. So it could be a, a situation where maybe both parties say, uh, this isn't working out great anymore. Let's, mm. uh, we had a nice run and let's move on. And then you have to start thinking about, I know you have uh, written about this, right? Other mm. defensive coordinator. First thing you got to do is look at the Bob Lamont clients. First thing you got to do is call Wade Phillips. Well. I think that's right. I don't know if the, you think that personnel would be okay. I don't know. It's a one gap three four. So in you know in sub packages, you're not playing. It's not like you're playing a three four. So that's seventy percent of the snaps right away. Uh, and then you know Connor Barwin would always talk about this how the the one gap three four was a lot more like a four three than the uh, two gap three four that they played under Chip Kelly. When you're talking about the techniques that the defensive linemen. Are playing. I mean, it's a it's a much more creative. You would need different personnel, so maybe it wouldn't. But if you're not looking at, I don't know. I guess Wade Phillips is old, so I don't know how far down the line you want to look at. But man, you're looking for a that guy. Sounds great to me. Uh, I like uh, I like a Wade Phillips from a um, you know like a culture. You know, bringing oh, yeah. the experience and likability and adding some. Uh, I don't know. I think it'd be it, great. it would be quite a change. I feel like from Jim Schwartz's personality, it would also be very different. I mean, you would be. Um, you know, different blitz looks. I think you would probably probably be playing more man coverage. These are all things I think are true. I haven't studied his mm-hmm. defenses, but I don't know. Well, you know, I made the point in the article in The Athletic today, one of the things the Eagles have to do is find a way to unlock Fletcher Cox. That's one way to do it. You look at Aaron Donald. I mean, it's basically Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt. Like By the way, that was the argument in 2016 when they were talking about Endowment Sue 
and Albert Hainsworth and all these D tackles who thrived in in Schwartz's system. And they did on that. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Schwartz, I mean, yeah, this year was wasn't great for Cox. Yeah, so, that's true. But the previous yeah. years is, yeah, uh, yeah so I, I don't know. Yeah, so maybe that's yeah, not, maybe that is he's unfair. been unlocked, but yeah, you, you, are, you are right that he's worked with those types of players. I think um, some other names to keep in mind, in-house, Matt Burke, the guy they brought in. Well, this was very interesting, I thought. Go for it. So uh, the last question was to Howie and Doug about, would you think about bringing on any sort of senior advisors to just give you an outside perspective? Uh, that was from Jeff McLean, a very good question, something we've talked about and how he said me or Doug and how he said, well, for me, uh, that's been Tom Donahoe and we're also making some changes to the staff. And Doug didn't seem to think that was something that was necessary. Maybe he was just over yeah. the press conference. Now, Doug was like having the time of his life. Well, yeah, here, let me finish but... this and then let's get to that. Uh, but, uh, you know, Doug, so Doug started answering the question and how he goes, well, you, Doug, you did that with Matt Burke. Right. Which made me think, wait a minute, why yeah. are you just dropping that name on there, giving this guy no... I mean, you want to explain who Matt Burke is for people who don't know? So Matt Burke was the defensive coordinator in Miami, um, I believe the previous two years. Not a very good track record, but he is a Schwartz disciple through and through. So it would be a little bit odd yeah. if if like they're getting rid of Schwartz, but they're just going to install his, uh, his underling. Well, if they do the want the scheme continuity, yeah, if they do want the scheme continuity, it makes a little bit of sense. And we have, we have not had a chance to speak to Burke on the record at any point this season. So a Dartmouth guy who, uh, yeah, I, I think from, from, from what I've heard is well regarded in the inside the building. Okay. I've heard he's very, uh, analytically driven. Exactly. Yeah. That's, it's exactly what I've heard. Yep. Okay. Um, some of, some other big takeaways. Wait, wait. Let's get to the Doug being a joke. Well, during just this. quickly on the other defensive coordinator yeah. uh, possibilities, guys. I've mentioned he's he's maybe uh, overqualified for the role, but John Fox, I think, is a name to keep an eye on. Oh, he, gosh, he, he no. visited here. Get him in the, Come on. In the in the summer, he's a Bob Lamont guy. That's sort of like the same template of like head coach of the defense thing i could see that happening that would be i would not be in favor of that neither would i but i guess I he's been a good happening. defensive coach but i don't know um the guy who i really like who i've talked about before i think should be getting head coach interviews is leslie frazier i don't i don't know what his contract status is with the bills i wouldn't think he's going in. why would he because he does he's because it's McDermott's McDermott's over defense. Him. It's it's McDermott's yeah but defense. i think frazier calls the defense mm-hmm. i believe does he i okay. think so yeah well yeah. then maybe that's just a pipe dream yeah I think he should be getting head coach interviews, but, um, but you know, never mind. Just hire hire uh, white guys with uh, monosyllabic first names. That's basically <laughs> all everybody does. Um, so the, the the Doug thing. It's not, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. He there hasn't been anyway. Um, Doug was like having the time of his life, cracking oh jokes up gosh. there. He loves going up there when he knows it's all Howie questions. But it, what was interesting was that question that McLean asked at the end was the one time where it seemed like Doug bristled at a question. So that's why it was notable. Yeah, but the other times he was, uh, you know, Doug was asked a question about uh, the reporter said, Jim Schwartz is interviewing in Detroit, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, was he and, concussed. And Peterson yeah, looked at us and goes, 
like, Detroit, so he can, he's concussed. <laughs> and he, like, started cracking yeah, up. Yeah. He was looking for any kind of reaction. He was asked about, do you have the money to pay both Goddard and Ertz? And he started pulling out his pocket, yeah. like, you know, I, got the, I don't got any money right here type thing. And he was just cracking up, yeah, having the time. It, I'm sure the weight of a season, yeah. you're kind yeah. of in wind-down mode. The questions aren't directed towards him. He just was, like, in total class clown mode there. It he's, was really he, funny in the very All he wanted to do was tell jokes that we would, because we were sitting there, that we would, like, give him our We had his summer it, golf shirt on. Yes. Right. Yeah. Nice shoes. You see those shoes? Yeah, I did like those shoes. He was in the, it was, like, the second question or something <laughs> like that. And he and I and I look over and he's just staring at me laughing and like we just like and then we just start laughing together. I don't even know what we were laughing at. Uh, yeah. He asked me how my baby's doing at one point. Yeah, he's. How old do you think your child has to be before he'll stop yeah. asking how the baby is? I, I, I think as long as Doug's here, <laughs> he's still going to associate. He's still going to. How's it? How's 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 the baby going to college? Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah still, exactly. still keeping me up at night. Exactly. So he was having a great time. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you set the scene a little bit, Zach, because you, uh, before we were, we were starting, you said you thought that both Howie and the uh, media corps, you were... Yeah, so wait, 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 can I add one uh, thing yes, about please. the, I just wanted to say about the, before we get up the Schwartz thing. Uh, yeah, the Schwartz be with you. What was fascinating about this is, like, this is a question you know is going to come up. Yes. And so I would think that you would be prepared to go into it if you think... I'm I'm unsure if we were going to bring back Schwartz that you would just say to every coaching question, we're evaluating everyone. We want to have the best staff. Uh, I'm not going to commit or not commit to anyone right now. And it was just so weird to me that you kind of get caught in, yes, definitively Walsh and Grow are back. And then now the story everywhere, I would assume. I mean, I, I would guess when this podcast's over, if we check what anyone else has written off of it, the local media, that the top thing would be. The Schwartz thing. So. Well, it's it's with Doug, and and this has always been the case since 2016. It's the follow up. It's always the follow up mm. with Doug. Mm. Uh, you know, it's that he's he's good at sticking to the script, but then the follow up sometimes okay. is when he gives the Kept honesty. And both the answers today came on the follow ups. Well, the, this one he gave the honesty on the initial. Probably shouldn't have. No, the 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 initial was was you know he's going to Cle- oh right he's going to yeah. Cleveland. You know, we, you know, we, I, I love when all our coaches kind of get opportunities somewhere yeah, else. It's coming back on the flight. It's coming, yeah, exactly. So, okay, go ahead. So, overall, I, I thought that I'll, I'll give Howie Roseman, uh, I'll give him credit here because um, you I said before the press conference you thought this was going to be a whole bunch of nothing. Yes, I, I, because Howie, we had, is, set up our, we, we had started to set up our Howie Roseman bingo yes, card. Yes, Howie's good at saying a bunch of nothing if he wants to. And I give Howie credit because I found him to be honest. I found him to be candid. Um, big picture, my, my big takeaway from, from Howie was, was that he's he, – the success late in the season did not obscure kind of the big picture issues for him with his team. He knows where they are. Um, the sense I got is that he viewed it like a two-year window after the Super Bowl where the core was going to remain the same – because of the limited resources, which he took responsibility for, they made a lot of trades, um, and they, they didn't have a lot of cap space, so they had to look at different types of free agents. Then in 2016 and even 17, so they had to try to find undervalued markets. Exactly. Uh, but the sense I got is that it's it's a lot of changes coming this off season to this core, and he's kind of setting it up for that. I don't know. Who give me examples? That- of who can of go. the guys? I mean, I'm, you don't have to say that they're definitely. Gonna that be is, I, who I, do you think I, he was referring? Like, well, go ahead. Well, 
I mean, you can talk about Jason Peters. You can talk about Nigel Bradham. You can talk about Rodney McLeod. Well, Peters is so even, obvious that it shouldn't even be like a... But, I'm, uh, you know, I mean, they... There's a lot of decisions to be made. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Rodney McLeod's been a core player here. Yeah. Uh, Nigel Bradham's been a core player here. Malcolm Jenkins? That's, that's, I think that's the toughest question this offseason for them. Um, so I, I mean, agree. Nelson Aguilar's been a core player here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I look at someone like Aguilar, Peters. Like, I'm not even, you know, right. I, I don't even think they, they should be giving credit for that. But that's part but, yeah, of I hear what you're yeah. saying. They've been part of that. That if you look at, at the Super Bowl yeah. roster, who were your... He did say the thing about, like, a, you know, we, we thought it was a window with that, with that team. Exactly. So I think you're right. But I also think you're right. Like, who... For him, for him to to follow through on that, it has to be guys like Malcolm Jenkins because he's already extended Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks midseason. Like I've got to say on Malcolm Jenkins that like this guy should be the exception. That's the I, problem. Yeah. Is it's coming in a string of right. he's made so many exceptions, but he, I, to me he is not like the guy to make a, you know to I put totally the hard line down. That. I agree. I don't get it. Who is gonna? Who is a leader on this team? Like all right, guys have little roles. That on the guy defense. is who's going to be the leader of the defense. I mean, that guy's the leader, and He's they have no one else at the position. Leader, I mean, and I, you can't overrate leadership if yeah. a guy can't play. The guy can play. I know it's a different role now. He can play. Yeah, he's, not, he's, he's a leader. He's, he's a spokesman. A, he's durable. He's durable. Yeah. He plays special teams. He's waited a year. He came. Yep. I mean, I, like if you're going to give these other guys contracts and then draw the line in the sand with him, and then it took him ten years after Brian Dawkins to find any safety who could play, it's an important position. But when you talk about core, okay, I'm about to read off. Um, I'm about to read off some of their uh, free agents here, okay. And this doesn't even include Nigel Bradham, who they have a, a decision about, okay. Uh, Jason Peters, Rodney McLeod, Nelson Aguilar, Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, uh, Tim Jernigan. Uh, these were guys who were big parts of their uh, of their true. Super Bowl team. You know, I, I mean, you're looking at right there. I, I just named five guys. Now, now, Vinnie Curry's on this list. Uh, Darren Sproles is, is retiring. Jordan Howard, Halapula Vativaitai, Kamugurje Hill, uh, Corey Clements, a restricted free agent. So I don't know what what, what tender he'd, he'd get. But if you just look at the free agents and not even talk about about decisions on on guys like Alshon Jeffrey, yeah. who we'll get to on That's Nigel true. Bradham, uh, you could be talking about eight ten guys who were core pieces for you who are playing elsewhere next season. So so that's one thing is that. There's not going to be as many re-signings going forward. That well, and and it was interesting that he said one of my weaknesses is overvaluing our, our current guys. players. Exactly, uh, getting attached to current guys, which we have seen, um, and which has manifested itself over over some bad decisions. Over I, I mean, it's years. so clear that he came in under Joe Banner, and he like he he does a lot of you know in terms of. Yes. In terms of the good stuff that Joe Banner did, he wanted to continue and he also to do that. But he did not want to be that guy exactly. who was looked at as the cold, harsh, you know, fair or unfair, whatever, cutting ties with people, with players who were very. I mean, you see that in his messaging at every single press conference. Yes. Whenever they cut ties with Jason Peters, yeah. I'm sure it'll be over the top in what this guy meant, and you'll try to handle it. Statue, you think? Which could be, you know, in some ways, it's like you do want to handle things in a way like that, but, like, it just comes with the territory. It's his job to be the bad guy. It's your job to be the bad guy. I mean, even, like... um, But Joe accepted that more than Howie. Yes, Joe, yeah. yeah, Absolutely, and I think think Howie internalized the reaction to Joe being that bad guy. Exactly. And he didn't want... He wanted to be, like... 
idea. It's like a pathological uh, yeah. desire to be liked. Well, also there was set up with Andy could always come out and be yep. the guy that players loved, and then Joe could be the guy. And so this is a separate setup. Like Doug is not making these calls even in Seattle. Right. Like I, I know I saw Richard Sherman gave like an interview earlier this year before the 49ers played the Seahawks. He's like, me and Pete are great. You know, he was tearing up when we said goodbye. It wasn't his decision. Yeah. Like, John Schneider is generally liked, but right. I'm sure Richard Sherman does not want to, like, sure. go get a drink with him now. Like, that happens with the job, and you got to do it, and you didn't do it with Sproles, Peters. We can name a number of guys, and it has cost your team. And uh, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was good. Now, I will, you know, you gave him credit. I will give him credit for what he said today, but I want to say, like, you better sure. follow through yes. with it, you know. Like, but not, all we're talking about is the press conference. Yeah, today. but ninety yeah. seconds in, he's you know we need to infuse our team with youth. I thought, well, that's good. But then somebody asked a good question. Well, you just signed Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks. Are you going to sign Zach Ertz? You, you know, like let's kind of see right. what you do here going forward. And and then so then he was also candid about injuries. Uh, he he acknowledged the past two years this has been a problem that the organization needs to look at, at why this is happening. He said that hope is not a strategy. Um, and I, I interpreted that to mean that they made a mistake signing some guys with injury histories. Uh, and drafting. And drafting players with injury histories. He said he said as much. He said players who have injury histories get injured. Bo asked a really good question yeah. about the correlation between age and injuries. He acknowledged that's the case. Wanted to make sure uh, we got him on the record on that. He said, yeah, uh, that was a good so question. He, he said the Eagles hired a new chief medical officer last June. Yeah, in, right. in June, and the... This year was about assessing, observing, observing, yeah. assessing, and that I imagine there will be some changes, whether it's to the training. It'd be staff, funny if he observed staff. this year and was like, "You guys are good to <laughs> you go." Guys are good. Does this yeah. not bother anybody else? You hired a guy in June. First of all, if you recognize the change, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there were circumstances. Hire that guy in February, and then you're going to observe a whole year. I mean, a year in the NFL with a franchise quarterback in his prime who played 16 games? You have all this, don't you have all this data? Yeah, that, well, doesn't, so that doesn't strike anyone as weird that the guy's going to observe why, and come up well, with a plan after you waste 2019? What is that? I mean, to me, it was more uh, a, a, an excuse for this year as opposed to the truth. Well, to me, it was more an explanation okay. for what's coming. So, well, then it's also not might not be an answer. No, I yeah. <laughs> I viewed it as as laying the groundwork for what's coming, like that that you're about to make changes, whether it's to the training staff, whether it's to the medical and staff. And he did say something about additions to the personnel staff. Yes, Maybe a couple days. That, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so so this all Guys, stood out. Something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wow, that'd be, that'd that'd be, be great. great. Yeah. Terrible. It should be Fran. Uh, yeah. so just bump Fran over that'd there. That'd be good. Uh, so, and, and, and then uh, I, I thought there were a lot of good questions asked. I, I thought a lot of the big topics were hit on, starting with Bo's first question. Bo had the first question today about, about Alshon. that, getting, getting yeah. the, uh, the number one spot, the leadoff man. About, about, about Alshon Jeffrey. I and to, I thought I he gave... again, too. That was... Like, Lineup turned over. That was big. Mm-hmm. He he gave a good answer on 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 Alshon. A good answer. I'm not so sure that. he gave a good answer on Alshon. Look, he's he always says I never talk about a player's contract. He said Alshon agreed to take a pay cut to get uh, to, uh, to be on the team next year. The way I interpreted that to mean was that they said you're not going to be here next year unless you take this pay cut. And that now he they also they it. also didn't get that much. 
he didn't take that much of a pay cut according to the over the cap numbers. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think that the reason he said that was to make himself to give. Well, we did this. We got something in return. Yeah. Well, yeah. you still lost that one. The guy's contract is guaranteed for next year. You, no, you had really cap flexibility. Anything. Maybe you had big plans for it. I understand that you want to maintain cap flexibility. It didn't end up leading to anything. No, but now he explained the rationale for, for it. Yeah, he he did not give the he, he explained the rationale, and then he gave this thing that, that I will we say forget. I will say he didn't um, he didn't try to make that seem like it was a good move. I didn't I didn't think that he yeah. was like you know bristling at the idea that that was a bad decision. I yeah, think, I think he was accepting. That he knew that one was coming. Look, yeah. all all I want in in these settings are are honest explanations. Like you can't change the result of a move. Okay, and yeah. and and I also I'm not one of these reporters who like thinks you need to like be pinned on the wall and say like I was wrong. You know, right. no. What I want is like exp- you the code red? yeah, explain your thinking. Like, tell me yeah. what the logic was behind this move because that's what I, I want to know how decisions are made, why that. decisions are made, and that way you can assess the merit of the decision uh, because the result is there for all to see. And we know who made the decision. So what I want to know is why the decision was made. And I thought he explained that. I generally believe that. I guess given sort of the history and the politics that play in the NFL and people Mm -hmm. trying to keep their jobs, that it's also very important to look at why is this person answering it in this way. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. You you need a healthy dose of of skepticism. Yes. But what I don't like... How is this making making this person look? Mm-hmm. With the way he's answering this, but question. I I don't like when when Bo asks the question he asked, and the answer is, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to discuss a player's contract, but in in general, you know, we're, yeah, he played ball, yeah, we keep time. all conversations yeah. private, uh, but we have great respect for the player, like that 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 answer doesn't do me any good. Yeah. And, if and, you give me why you made the move, that does that that helps me. And then what was interesting was the other part of that question was the state of the wide receiver core, and in conjunction with the question you later asked about. Uh, you know, do you how do you feel about the state of like speed and athleticism yeah. uh, with the weapons for Carson Wentz? I did not like his answer. I that. did not like his answer at all because about Nelson Aguilar's speed. Yes, he, he said is. tracking data suggested Nelson Aguilar was one of the ten Top. fastest receivers in the NFL. Yeah, you need to get a new try. Some better. I mean, tracking you had data. all of last year, and yeah. and and so that made me think that their backup plan for Deshaun was Nelson Aguilar, and we saw last year. Yeah. That Nelson Aguilar couldn't handle that role on the outside, so that was uh, one of the things where I really I, I do ding them for the. Pro- I mean, I agree. With that. We know we know we knew that that was the idea, but um, he was also asked about JJ Arthega Whiteside and the wide receivers who had success after him. This was interesting. He, he what are you, what are you smiling at? <laughs> this was well, go ahead. Well, he noted that. Uh, they don't have their heads in the sand about this. They realize that, and they have, they have high expectations for Arthega Whiteside, but he said they were surprised to see that there were three receivers in this rookie class who didn't have 40 receptions in any year as a college player who out, outdid that this year. And you know what that means? That guy who left, who kept talking about college production, maybe his evaluations were bad. That's, that's assigning blame indirectly. In my opinion, there you go. That's what I was. Saying. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, I have. I had two reactions to. This. I actually didn't think that it was so overtly Joe Douglas. Uh, well, it's, not, it's Douglas. not usually overtly. It's always I know, you but know. but I think that there might have been a little bit of honesty to that in terms of like their projection models, like that, which which take into account stuff like that. I don't know. 
By the way, at wide receiver, we talked about this last spring. Production generally has mattered. Yes. I mean, this is this is more, has been more the exception. And who are the guys who you sum out? Ooh, McLaurin, Metcalf. Yeah, I don't know who the third. Probably Slayton. And Slayton, okay. Um, but yeah, production has you know you can look at it position by position, but generally production in college, if you're a good receiver, productive in college, it has carried over. McLaurin is a is an odd case. Now there have been odd cases with with the Ohio State guys like Michael yeah. Thomas was was similar, um, and Metcalf had injuries, so yes. like that's that's the reason why. Yeah, I think Metcalf Slayton was total, productive when he played, right? I mean, pretty productive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not going to be a hundred catch guy, but that's not why no. you draft him. And he had a neck thing. I mean, um, and AJ Brown was an eighty catch receiver in that offense too. So yes. he was right. he wasn't your top. Yeah, that option. carried over. Yeah, yeah Bo. Admit, that's why Bo liked him so much. Mm-hmm. We narrowed it down to the guys who had been productive. I like my young productive guys. Yeah, and from big schools. Uh, but I thought the other thing here. You only watch big schools, Bo. That's not true. When he said, <laughs> "What did he say after the Ravens preseason game?" People in the in the league, we were texting him rookie of the year, oh, saying, yeah. "Being I a white side might this. be rookie of the uh, year." Yeah, yeah. Well, that that is Listen, actually a Howie Bingo thing. I like the honesty, but that keep is, that one stored away. No, that's a like, Howie Bingo. It's like the, the congratulations the about the Thorson, yeah. yeah, the Phipson. Yeah. So what we found is that people in the league are messing with Howie. Yeah, people yeah. are like, uh, it's like, hey, nice pick, Dingus. <laughs> <laughs> then they have another text thread. Right, like, oh, hey, my God. They took him over Metcalf. I had a six-round over Mitchell. Yeah. Although, I, you know, I did talk to the people in the league who, who loved our thing. I liked our thing. So, so, I'm on the record with that. So that's, I'm concerned with yeah. how that's going to age. But yeah. Yeah. The nature Let me take you through the uh, the 10 things I wrote down for Howie Bingo, and we'll see if how many of them hit. Okay. Um, one was uh, thanking Jeffrey Lurie for the resources, which no. I actually we didn't get today. We didn't get. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Jeffrey's not going to like that. Okay. Uh, one is the, the phrase... Answers to the test. He hit that, that one. Hit that one. Yep. Um, yeah, I think I got that one out yep. of I think yeah. he did. One was uh, just sort of a joke about the media hostility. Do you think we got? Yeah, we, well, we he got. one joke. He, he turned oh, the dog. Oh, it No, well, yeah, he that came. But when Jeff McClain asked the question, he turned the dog and said 80%, 90%. So they had some right. internal thing. Yeah, that was good. That he was. So, so that okay, hit. so we hit that. One was uh, no one in this building is satisfied with nine and seven. We got that. Which, by the way, then just come out and do the press conference by yourself and let Doug do a separate Mm. one. I agree wholeheartedly there. Why? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And and like you can be up there for long. It's they have the whole off season here. You can be up there for longer than thirty five minutes. The questions weren't getting repetitive. Uh, One is crediting Doug for the late season turnaround. Sort of, I guess. I think he did in the beginning. He said, "Number one emotion is disappointment. Number two is pride." Pride, yes. Best fans in the world. No, he said we, we. There was one thing about you know we got great support, but he didn't go best fans in the no. world. Uh, thanking the media for leaving their families to come to this press conference, we didn't get we that. Get that, time. yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz is an elite quarterback. We, there were actually weren't a lot of Carson Wentz questions. Yeah, there was uh, there was there was one about the hit, which I mean, I think we can move on from the, the dirtiness uh, of the hit. Fans yeah. are not moving yeah, on apparently. No, so, uh, Jason and and, uh, and and judging by the comment section in the Athletic. We're really unhappy with our post-game pod that we didn't hit on that enough. Well, I was the only one who said it was a dirty hit. Uh, I mean, look, I thought you were going to say we're moving on. Yeah. You guys are concussion. You yeah, guys Malcolm are Jenkins. I, I like Malcolm Jenkins' answer about it, but we can get to that later. Uh, Jason Peters is a future Hall of Famer. We actually didn't get a Peters, but we got a Zach Ertz as a future Hall of Famer, potentially. And then the last one is defending the medical staff, which he didn't do. So uh, it sounds like he hit about 50%. Um, we got a joke, though. 
I mean, that should be on the bingo too. Oh, I said joke about hostility, but was there another joke? You said joke about the media, but no, he he always has like some. Yeah, it's like goes, dad this joke. This is my favorite joke, and it was a bad. It wasn't even a joke. <laughs> Just picking cornerbacks off the no. trees outside. No, it's not even a joke. <laughs> I mean, to, if you, if you say a joke to a room full of sports reporters and no one laughs, yeah. that's not good. I mean, oh, the gratuitous laugh, yeah, like, the chuckles you'll get from really um, anybody there. So it before, sounds like I mean, with the offensive coach. Sorry, do you have to do a read or something? Sure, I'm just going to do a read. Go ahead before we move on. Uh, the playoffs are finally here, unless you are an Eagles fan, in which case they are gone. There's only a few more games left before the champion is crowned. Don't be caught saying wait till next year like 24 other teams. Get in on the action this weekend with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. With so much going on this week, they have great promotions running every day. From odds boosts to free bets, DraftKings has it all. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering their best sign-up offer to date right now. You won't want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TOSS, that's T-O-S-S, for a limited time. All new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget that's code TOSS. And get your sign-up bonus up to 1,000 pieces of lettuce only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus compromised or comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So do you believe the entire offensive staff will be coming back intact with no major additions? No. Okay. So he said Grow and Walsh are coming back. I, the, the Walsh thing, like... That was surprising. I think, I think Walsh is getting too much credit for the end of the season. Um, I who's, agree. Who's giving him credit? Doug. Doug, well, Doug made a mention... The past three weeks was like a Mike Rowe and Carson Walsh uh, approval rating. That's called being a good leader. He's, he's yeah. making sure they have confidence. They know he has confidence in them, but then after the season's over, he can whack them. I mean, he said they're coming back. <laughs> I mean, maybe they can reassign Walsh to, uh, you know, do you think uh, Doug is, quality is, control. But Do you think Doug's cognizant of the fact that he said turnover there every single year? And he doesn't want his fifth I'm, receivers coach in five years. I'm sure he is, but the, I mean, what are they getting from that guy? I think the biggest, I think the number one reason to get rid of Carson Walsh is J.J. Ortega Whiteside. They needed him this year, and he couldn't get on the field. Yeah. And that should have been his number one job. He doesn't need to worry about Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar. Well, guys, Nelson Aguilar, he could have worried about a little more. He could have, but I mean, coaching seems to matter whether it's. Uh, Psychological or well, otherwise. that's true. But like, I'm not one of these guys. It's who, not like, like you know, we we sort of joke about like Big Bob and Deontay Burnett and like flash these plays. What do they have combined? Like four catch. What are they going to do? Like they they had to put somebody out there. I don't think like experience is is the only thing that that matters with the coach because you you need experience at some like like you need to get a shot to get experience. Right. But the reality is, in Doug's four years here, okay, he's had three years where. 
the wide receivers coach was it's their first time having a wide receivers coach in the NFL, and that wide receiver coach underachieved, or the position underachieved mm-hmm. every year. The one year when he had a guy who had a track record, right. they did well. And that was when he brought in Mike Rowe, who, who, who was in multiple places. So I, I thought after the Gunter Brewer thing last year, I thought they would go out and say, let's, let's try to find a guy who's been here, done it somewhere else. And they just promoted from within. And uh, I, I, I was pretty underwhelmed. I, mean, I do know that, that one thing Doug wants is he wants – a funnel system like he he wants guys to be moved up from the staff from quality control to assistant mm-hmm. to to position coach um that's something that's that's a sense i've, I've gotten from, from conversations in the building and he's mentioned andy how andy reed used to do the same thing my personal opinion is is one of andy reed's shortcomings at the end was the weakness of his staff relative to earlier on in his coaching yeah, tenure. Yeah, nobody left. He was yeah. out of ideas. Exactly. So I think sometimes bringing in someone from the outside has more value than just saying – and and, and by the way, they, he's, had, they, guys, he's yeah. had guys picked off. Like he, he, he needs to, to backfill mm-hmm. sort of those young guys too, I think. And sometimes the promoting from within is a good. I mean, Sean McVay was a quality control coach who became a tight ends coach and became an offensive coordinator. Look at you going to McVay. My my point is, um, sometimes that that works, but it doesn't work all the time. I thought I was in a podcast with you guys when uh, Howie Roseman said Malik Jackson was a big loss for us. <laughs> You're saying Fran should 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 get the front Malik office job. Malik Jackson's hype man is. Uh, <laughs> Zach Berman. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe the wrong person you're you're recommending for the front office job. Yeah, he did go out of his way to say that that uh, that Malik he's Jackson. never missed a game. His, yeah. Hey, look. It's, well, listen, that's that's, a, that's the thing you can fall into with Malcolm Jenkins too. I I said it at the time about Malik Jackson, and it's it's so true. He was their biggest free agent, or he was their biggest offseason acquisition, more so than Deshaun Jackson. Um, they had big plans. Uh, for what the defensive line was going to look like with Malik Jackson, it factored into to all the moves they made on the defensive line, uh, trading Michael Bennett, not bringing back, uh, not bringing back Chris Long, uh, and when in, in him getting hurt in, in in week one, changed the whole equation there. You taking this one? No, I'm, I, you're, by, you're I can <laughs> no. see you ready to explode. I mean, if they both played the same amount of games, or even if Deshaun Jackson played. Slightly fewer games. There was no scenario where Malik Jackson was having a bigger impact than you know. There's there's some reporters who they only focus on these glitz and glamour positions. It's like they're like fantasy football reporters, and there's and then there's other people who really watch the game and know football's wanted the trenches, okay, and know that that if you have if you win the line of scrimmage, okay, yeah. So you can talk, yeah. I mean. Some some people in football say the closer you are to the ball, the more important you are. Well, listen, I <laughs> understand. I understand that they had high expectations from Lake Jackson. Let's not forget the guy was benched in Jacksonville. Like I know, I, I know that they they think that that was uh, just uh, politics to get Taven Bryan on the field, but that's fine. He he wasn't good enough to stay on the field. Look, let's when, not pretend like they were bringing in like Aaron Donald here. When Shield says before that, well, you need to think of why they're saying this. There has to be a reason. You're nodding your head like this is the most astute thing you've ever heard. 
Okay. Then when 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 Jacksonville benches a guy that they want to cut because his contract's about to swell and put in the guy they drafted in the first round, you're like, well, there has to be a reason to. Yeah, okay? there has to be merit to this decision. Are you kidding me? When 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 Jacksonville, yeah, but he can be good enough to to for to not allow them to make that. You don't decision. think they had plans all along to cut Malik Jackson in the, in that point in his contract and put in the guy they just drafted in the first round? Like, come on. Come on, twenty twenty zebra, my man, baby. <laughs> Zach's a little sick. I'm just yeah. I mean, you, you're when Shiel says that, you thought it was like the greatest point in the world. I don't know what you're talking about? <laughs> oh, beautiful. What are you guys gonna do? You're not gonna see each other every day. That's true. I'm gonna miss this seriously. Working with both's been great. Yeah. Look, I, I should just take a moment. Be, that's going to be the one where the listeners are going to be like, "This is what he said. This is what he yeah. said." No, no, no. I, I, I got a message uh, on Twitter the other day that that said the only thing I'm more certain of is that Zverm hates working with <laughs> with Bo. And I got to say, it's the complete opposite. One of Shield can back you up. On one of the joys of being at the Athletic has been working with Bo and Shield. I, I mean that genuinely. So, uh, what can yeah, I that's back him awesome. up on? That you hate working with me. No, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Um, I thought his answer was interesting to uh, your question about the in-season trades. Very interesting. I, I thought. thought he made it seem like, listen, I tried to get these guys really aggressively, Minka Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey, and in the end, they took another offer. This is one where or I we think weren't willing to go. This yeah, is this one is where a- I think that he was... Revisionist Maybe history? F- fibbing a little bit. Really? I thought he was being honest there. I think he was being honest that they went after both of them. But he made the case, he made the point that uh, the team you're doing business with has to factor in the picks they're getting and uh, analyzing the team they're going to get. And I think that was his way of saying, we offered a one for Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And they took, they, they took the Steelers. But I think that that is a little bit convenient, okay. seeing how well Minka Fitzpatrick worked out. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Seems believable. I believe to me that I they believe, would offer that. I believe that they were interested in both yeah. players for sure. Do you believe they offered the same deal for Ramsey? That the Rams did? No. no. You don't think they offered the second first? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know that. Yeah. I would. I guess I would believe that they offered a one for for Minka. And and if you were the if you're the Dolphins, you would take the Steelers' mm-hmm. offer for sure. They had just lost Roethlisberger. Yeah, so, so I thought that was important to ask because we haven't had a chance. To, we did not yeah. talk to him at the deadline. And you know, one of the big topics this offseason is, is going to be cornerback and it's going to be safety. And uh, both those guys there would have been core pieces for them going forward. He, he emphasized that they needed a, a walkaway price. But he said Eagles yeah. fans should know that he's I'm always he, aggressive. He's always aggressive. Um, so... Yeah, so so I, 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 I did think it was interesting that he said it's up to the other team when when the offer is the same mm-hmm. to decide which offer they want more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, he talked, he he gave uh, lip service to we have to get younger, we have to get uh, more athletic. So he's on the record on that now. We'll see if mm-hmm. he follows through. There's a few things he said today that we've been wanting to hear him say, and now it is. You know, time to put up. I don't know that he totally agreed with we need to get more athletic. He kind of said we thought we we did get more athletic. I don't know. That's well, yeah, I mean. he did. He said Miles Sanders. He said Deshaun Jackson. He one hundred percent made the younger thing a talking yes. point. Yeah. So let's see. Now, so and then there was the uh, Doug's commitment to uh, playing twelve personnel on that front. 
I didn't buy that. You didn't buy it? No. I mean, I think they're going to play some 12 personnel. I don't think he wants to play 12 personnel. I certainly hope he doesn't want to play their, it like 60% of the time. I, mean, I don't understand when he wants to play 10 personnel. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, like you're taking tight ends off the field and. <laughs> Well, he said, well yeah. he, he was. He did say there are some situations third down where you would like to play more eleven right. and get some speed on the field. I felt I don't know. I felt like it was. Uh, I'll make it work with what we have, but no. Like uh, I don't think if he had his choice that he'd be like, oh yeah, let's play with two tight ends and be slow and play move the ball methodically down the field. Larry David on GMs drafting quarterbacks. You wonder why I like that guy. Quote, when you think about the fact that Bill Polian wanted to make Lamar Jackson a wide receiver, what does anybody know? They don't know anything. <laughs> My man. Wow, he's got you. Yeah, I'm the That's Indian fantastic. Larry David, so yeah, we're boys. All right. Well, well like, don't tell Bo that. Bo's anti-Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah I know. So, oh, get out of I was, I, mean, I, I, was, I, wanna, I didn't click through the story that might be men- mentioned in there. In <laughs> I'm the podcast host in yeah. Philadelphia, we're trashing him. Yes, I mean... I mean, Bo's over here saying Trace McSorley should have been the starting quarterback <laughs> after two practices. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, so uh, he was asked about a few of the uh, big off, off-season decisions, uh, Malcolm Jenkins being one of them and Zach Ertz being another. Um, I, I want to give some context to both here because we did not talk after Locker Cleanout Day. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins was outspoken. I asked him, is it fair to say he will not be back on the same deal? And he said, I will not play on that deal. You know, uh, He expects resolution. He did everything they asked him to do. He came back to not make the contract and, and issue this offseason. Um, or, or, or I'm sorry, this season. But uh, he says it's, it's in the hands of the team and his agent now. I, I have a big piece about that on The Athletic. You can check that out. Uh, Zach Ertz, in Zach Ertz's case, we've talked in, in the past about how there might be a, a, a contract extension. Ertz said that, you know, if I'm back next year, and he made a few references to that. And so then I asked him uh, at the end, I said, Zach, I've been around you for seven years. I've never heard you talk this way. Is there something behind it? And he, uh, he really backtracked. He said, he said, no, please don't interpret it that way. He said, I just know that it's, it's a business, but I fully expect to be back here next year. Um, so him – but – there is going to be some type of resolution to his contract, is is my guess. He has two years left on his current. Yeah, year. I don't understand. Why is this not an issue for next? Offseason? Because I think that the uh, the deal he signed, he so he he signed the deal in 2016. Yeah. He's outperformed that that contract. I, I think from his perspective, number one and number two, um, Travis Kelsey is going to get a new deal. George Kittle is going to get a, a new deal. And I think um, that from Zach Ertz's perspective, he'll probably want to be paid in line with being a top four, top five tight end, which he is based on production. Yeah, but This happens all a, the time. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he's got a deal for two more years. Two more years in the NFL is a long time. And that is the same time when Dallas Goddard's rookie contract is up. And I think, I think Damo's question was fair. Can you afford to, play, to pay two tight ends at the top of the market? I don't know. I, I, there's no reason for that. I don't think there's any reason they have to make that decision now. Well, there's there's one way it it it, it can happen, and this is the way it, because he did talk about you know getting younger and having players on rookie contracts, and the way you pay two tight ends is by having three receivers on rookie deals, 
And I think ultimately that's what the Eagles see, not this year but the year after when they have to pay Goddard, is I think they would really like if it's J.J. and two guys they add this year coming up. Mm. And, and maybe that's Greg Ward. You know, a I, lot as, of as confidence in their uh, yeah. ability to evaluate wide receivers. I'm, I'm not oh, suggesting right. it's, go, I'm not it's, suggesting not, it's going to work. evaluate that well. They've got a yeah. stud in Carson Walsh who can coach yeah. up a rookie receiver. I'm not suggesting it's, it's going to work, but if – if you say close your eyes and in three years you have Henry Ruggs on one side, you have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside on the other, and then in the slot you have either a mid-round pick or if, if Greg Ward develops into that, um, and, and you have Dallas, and you have Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, yeah. Yeah. but that doesn't feel like it's enough? No. I mean, it's, it's, it's enough if, if you draft a guy in the first round and a guy in the second round and they're not your starters – then you did a bad job. Well, yeah, I think they have to proceed as if Arthur Whiteside is never going to be a starter. I don't think they're proceeding that way whatsoever. I think they need to. Yes, but I'm telling you, I don't think they're going to. I think they're saying this is a guy who, who in his second year, is, it's going to click. Well, he had a good preseason game once, so. He got a bunch of, how he got a bunch of texts from these. Phone was blowing yeah. up. Yes. <laughs> that was like, what? That was a crazy was like, oh, thing, God. you're right. But. You know, in I'm not defending them here, but uh, and and this might be the wrong person to refer to, Jerry Reese, uh, the former Giants GM. It all comes back, classy guy, a classy organization. No, I'm not even suggesting that. Uh, he's just a guy I I covered who used an expression, uh, where he said you need to let talent fail, basically. Like if you draft a guy, you got to put him out there. You you got to see what he can do. And you can argue that JJ had that chance this year. Uh, but I, I don't think that they're going to write this book off, or they're not going to write off J.J. based on one I'm year. I'm not saying they should cut the guy. I'm just saying they can't count on him being a starter. They, they need to proceed as if, as if he's like a question mark, which he is. That's all. Yeah, they should have a better idea by September 1 next year, and then an even better idea, assuming he's on the team. By the end of next season, I mean that seems like a long enough time. Well, then if let you're me still ask you: talking yourself into it, going into a guy's third year at wide receiver, I don't know. That would probably make me nervous. In the uh, who are the top three wide receivers next year? And we'll talk about this a lot this off season. But fresh off this press conference, hearing what you heard, uh, uh, I guess hearing what you, you heard them say about Alshon, hearing what you heard them say about about Artega Whiteside, who are their top three going into camp? Is it Alshon, Deshaun? Are they on the team? I say Deshaun. I almost want to say Deshaun, rookie, rookie. Mm, I was going to say Deshaun, rookie, and then like JJ slash Ward. Okay. what they're going with. Yeah. Which not is Alshon. Not, which is not good enough to me, but. So not Alshon? I don't know what's going to happen with Alshon. They made a bad decision, and now they don't have a lot of outs or flexibility. Maybe they'll just say, we don't want him on the roster. Or maybe they'll talk themselves into him. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. There's also, like, he, he had a Liz Frank. Like, there's no guarantee he can even play next year. Mm-hmm. But who, when who I talk about the offseason change, I think it, it will be, uh, I guess, Deshaun, rookie receiver, and J.J. Slash Ward. I, I, I tend to go with what yeah, Bo said. Yeah, it's probably um, more But the Alshon thing, I'm real curious about. And, frankly... I don't know if you can count on Deshaun Jackson either. Oh no, you can't count so, on. Oh yeah, definitely not. Uh, which so, is why that's which is why that's not good enough. So maybe if if that first round pick is is Henry Ruggs, maybe that guy fills the Deshaun spot, and 
you're going with Alshon as the, on on the other side. But but when I said that this is the offseason of change, it's because we look across the board like wide receiver, cornerback, safety, linebacker. Um, I don't know who's I couldn't tell you right now who who's the training camp first team at any of those spots next year. I feel confident Nate Gary is 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 is, is going to line up with the first team defense when well and the other thing is the Schwartz decision Schwartz changes exactly. changes everything you know Jalen Mills if Schwartz is back Jalen Mills is back probably right but if not Schwartz is gone he's probably going to Cleveland. But literally, they're on a huge contract. <laughs> their top two corners and their top High two safeties this year. Uh, three of them are free agents, and then Malcolm Jenkins is not coming back on his current deal. So your entire secondary is in flux. Right. Yep. Your entire receiving core is in flux. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. Number one priority is surround the QB with guys he can throw to. Even looking at the teams that are left standing now, I was just looking at, you know, Offensive DVOA and passing DVOA, I mean, I think it's like 6 of 8 rank in the top 10 or something. I mean, that is the path to sustained give yourself a chance to win. And every one of those teams, because I, I, I was looking at this yesterday morning, um, every one of those teams is relying on one or two homegrown receivers. As mm-hmm. if, In San Fran's the only team that you're kind of iffy on, but Debo Samuel is a big He's part of their offense. wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, him and Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders. But uh, Debo... Is homegrown. I mean, Tennessee, A.J. Brown. Uh, I mean, Corey Davis isn't doing as much, yeah. but Metcalf, A.J. Brown. Devontae Adams. Yes. I mean, in, in Baltimore, Diggs Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Boykin. Yeah. Every one of these teams, are they've drafted and developed a wide receiver. Tyreek Hill. That's a good the Eagles have, yeah, Tyreek Hill. Who's the last team? The Eagles have not done it. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, oh, yeah. Will Fuller. Yeah. Minnesota, obviously, with, with yeah, both Diggs and, and Thielen. Um, so could be a post there. So to me, the 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 issue is not just, uh, and, and you guys have harped on this. It's not just you look at your depth chart. It's the confidence you have that a you can identify the player and b you can develop the player. And yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah. So, yeah, Jordan Matthews is the only receiver they've drafted in the past ten years who's come close to a thousand yards. I mean, Nelson Aguilar's had two sixty catches. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but ever since Mack went, two of them. Ever since Mack went in and 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 uh, Deshaun Jackson, it's just been underachieving, underachieving, underachieving. What would you have done if, when he was asked about the wide receivers, you say? Nelson Aguilar's had two sixty catch seasons now. I would say thanks for subscribing. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I would say. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, you know there there were a lot of comments there today that showed. That, that what's the expression? Elephant ears or rabbit, rabbit ears, ears? Rabbit ears? That, no. that I like showed elephant rabbit ears. ears. Yeah, that showed rabbit ears. Ra- elephant ears are a pastry. Elephants have 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 big ears too, though, right? Yeah, yeah. but that's a it's a pastry. Yeah, I'm I'm saying that like you're listening to what's being said. Yeah, and look, I I don't think that's a bad thing because sometimes I think it's a bad thing. No. I mean, generally speaking, I think I think it's not a great thing. I think if it, I, I don't think you make decisions based on it, but I think that sometimes the people observing have a sense of what's going on. There's not the emotional attachment to a draft pick. There's not the emotional attachment uh, uh, to a, a a decision. I would if if I was in a position of power, I would always listen to to try to get an objective third party observation on my team. 
I'm not saying media? I would make anybody. Oh, I, well, I, don't, I don't think I don't think I would listen to the media. I would really I wouldn't try subs- not to. I, yeah. I wouldn't substitute their judgment for my judgment. Yeah. But God, I feel like it would cloud my judgment. But I am utterly confident. You know more. You you are closer to the situation. You should be able to be objective yourself. I, I'm not saying I would make my decisions based on it, but I I, I would hear if if there's someone you respect who's who, who's an intelligent, um, yeah. If you like Shields' work, and you want, you know, this is what right, Shields so saying. This is a about real hypothetical. Team. I know that's not yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah. I do think overall, though, what you were saying before, I, I do think how we struck the right tone of I didn't do a good enough job, we need to get younger, like he didn't, he, he wasn't combative, he wasn't confrontational, uh, so I think his whatever, you know, his game plan for going into it and speaking for the first time and since when? Since roster cutdown day, August 31st. I since August 31st, I, I think it was... Uh, it was a good job. I think he said the things you would want him to say, and now let's see what happens going forward. That, that would be my like one-sentence take on it. By the way, one quick follow-up, though. If it's not rabbit ears, what it means is, is that us and the people observing have a, have a good sense of what's yeah. going on with the team. Maybe it's that. I think that's possible. All right, any other final thoughts? Not for me. What's next? You tell me. This is my first offseason at the Athletic. I'm, I'm. Uh, what's next in the Eagles' world? What's the, what's next in the Eagles' world? Well, the, well, the, well, the players aren't here unless you're injured and you're kind of following the way. I don't know. Brendan if, Brooks is having shoulder surgery tomorrow. Correct. And I and you always see kind of players with surgeries or getting cleaned up. Um, oh yeah, the surgeries will start leaking out. Yes. Mm. Uh, coaches. So Doug's going to have to evaluate the staff. I think the big thing to watch here is what happens with Schwartz. Yeah, that's and the biggest storyline, that's, no doubt. That's, that's the biggest storyline. Uh, the college all-star games start in the next few weeks. Oh, baby. They, you got the Shrine game. You got the, uh, this, this, the Senior Bowl. Bird with friends hits the road. Uh, bird with friends. Yeah, bird. So um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the combine is could, late next I month. Could, I could name one player who is going to be at the Shrine game next week right now. Well... His name is John Pinasini. You got to get your research in right now. All the Achilles with kids are listening. Yes. My God, What's his name. Uh, I think there's that... also a Lamar Jackson, but he just got bumped to the Senior Bowl. No franchise tag candidates, right, on this team? No. no. What about? Uh... <laughs> Save your joke. All right, so that's something other teams will be looking at. Oh, you know what we should talk about? The NFC's tires. I mean, you said that much more excitedly than I would. We should talk about it. Okay. Not like we have a whole off-season to talk about that, but go ahead. What did you think? Hungry. That's what I think. Okay, well. Uh, I don't I You know, as I've said, kudos to Mike McCarthy on the greatest PR campaign ever run. It worked. It absolutely worked. I mean, everybody should follow his lead. I think I saw the word super staff used by somebody. I did see that. I mean... I, if I were an Eagles fan, I would not be scared of what's happening in Dallas. I think it's Maybe he'll be fine. I don't, you know, I'm not saying he's like the worst hire. He could be fine. Some coaches, they get their second go-around. They learn some things. They self-reflect, and they come back better. Maybe that'll happen with him. He played with arguably, you know, he coached arguably the most talented quarterback I've ever seen for a long stretch of time, and they won some games, but overall they underachieved during that period, I would say. I agree. And stories came out towards the end of his tenure that did not reflect well on him, 
and he stuck with the defensive coordinator who didn't know what he was doing for a long time. Uh, I'm pretty bearish on that hire. I think it's a settle down, super staff. Yeah, I agree. that's a job where I I wouldn't value head coaching experience as much as Jerry Jones did. They said Jerry Jones really wanted the guy who's who's like done it before. I wouldn't. I I would have paid more attention to that with Washington than I did than I would with the Cowboys. I mean, their offense finished what like first, second in DVOA right. this year. And like Mike McCarthy's going to come in and provide an upgrade to that. To yeah, that, come on. Yeah. and probably, and it sounds like maybe not keeping Kellen Moore. I think no. I I think, I think now he wants to come back. He's interviewing. Yeah. Oh, he is going to keep him. Maybe I don't yeah, think he's okay. decided. I think it's choosing between the Cowboys and University of Washington. But the Cowboys want him back. So okay. Yeah, I'm not scared of that. I'm not scared of Washington at all. You still got Daniel Snyder calling the shots. I would say Washington will be a little friskier. I think on a game-by-game basis, they'll be friskier. I don't know if Snyder's calling the shots as, as, as much as you would think there, though. Well, just his direct, if he's directing the franchise, they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah I just think that as long as he's there, there will never be sustained success in Landover, Maryland. Okay. I agree with that. They could have a one-year bump. but uh, And then uh, the Giants hire a Philly guy. Yes. I, at the this Super is all up your alley. Philly guy, special teams ring kisser. This no, is great. I'm not as much into the Belichick tree as, as you make me see. <laughs> I do like a, a guy with a special teams background, and I definitely like a guy with a Philly background. Um, but So what's his Philly background? Ah, he's, he's from Philly, Lansdale. went to Lansdale Catholic. Was, uh, I'm, I'm going to give credit to, to Jamie Lynch here from 97.5. I, I retweeted... Adam Schefter, but I, I saw Jamie Lynch had this, that uh, he was actually competing for the St. Joe's Prep quarterback job with Kevin Stefanski. Lost at Stefanski. Oh, interesting. And transfers to uh, Lansdale Catholic. Had a good mm. career at Lansdale Catholic. Real football guy wouldn't have transferred. Real football guy would have stuck it out and tried to win the job down the road, you know? Well, what, kind of, what, kind of, what kind of man are you getting who leaves town when the going gets tough? Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. I mean, I, I can go yeah, on. Yeah, Jabroni's all of them. Joe Burrow, by the way. He's pretty good. What's he ever done? Heisman Trophy winner. Great game on the You, you just used Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> yeah, I did. You're right. Uh, the, the greatest quarterback season ever in the SEC. Uh, well, so, in any, in any respect, how about the Panthers? Tough times though? don't last. Tough men do. It's true. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know when. You know who didn't transfer, by the way? Tom Brady. Mm. I don't know much about whether Joe Judge is going to be a good coach or not. It seems yeah. like a bad situation. It seems like their yeah. uh, candidate pool was probably limited with Dave Gettleman staying. Exactly. And so... Great uh, last name for New York Post headlines. Judge. Well, this is my issue. If, if, if you're not Who getting... Who are going to be his coordinators? If you're not getting certain guys, if you're not getting certain guys because of your GM, then maybe that's a problem. Well, yeah. Like, that's yeah. That definitely. really that wouldn't have been a bad situation for a if 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 it was a, all right. We're starting from scratch with the mm-hmm. coach and GM. Definitely yeah. with the you have a. I mean, I don't know if Although what the, opinions are on Daniel Jones, but like a, a Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, you know, Darius Slayton. Like there are some to again. If the number one goal is let's build a good offense and figure out the rest, which is it isn't for everybody. Some pieces there. Yeah. Well, although that being said, in 2016, if you subscribe to that logic, Adam Gase might be the coach here, and Howie Roseman might not be the GM. So subscribe to what logic? Oh, snow the, squall warning. Snow squall warning. Oh, I've been Southern getting these all day. Icy road. Slow down. Okay. Um, that if the head coach doesn't want to work with the GM, then why? Well, I, I don't know. Oh, if oh, you, oh okay. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So, in any respect, uh, the Panthers paid big. Mm, your boy, you Matt thought he Rule. was going to the Giants. I, I really like Matt Rule. Um, Everybody seems to love this guy. I haven't seen anyone say anything negative about him. I mean, the job he did at Temple was the rule of law. Just outstanding and great. Taste, by the way. Thursday lunches at Mr. Joe's Cafe. You ever been to Mr. Joe's Cafe? I have not. You would like Mr. Joe's Cafe because they give you a little glass of wine with your... Uh, oh, <laughs> I love these shots. <laughs> oh, um, oh, baby. No, Mr. Joe's Cafe is great. You should go. Dude, what do you, you mean, they, there, what do you mean they give you a little glass of wine? They give you a glass of wine with your, uh, with your dish. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's part of it? And for lunch. Yeah. Hello. Uh, so Matt Rule was getting sauced at lunch. I like that. Uh, I I didn't have lunch there with him. He'll do well Craig in Washington. LeBond did, but uh, who did? Craig LeBond. Oh, LeBond. Okay. Um, but I thought um, you were naming like an Eagles personnel guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Inquire food critic. Uh, but great place. You should go there. Okay. In the Italian market, it's a it's a big lunch, a heavy lunch, but it's worth it. It's good off season lunch. I can't. But I'm surprised that I've never been there. We'll we'll meet there. We'll, we'll break bread, discuss. Uh, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. We can invite Shio, but he he might be at the Ravens that day. <laughs> yeah. No, I I saw. Uh, by the way, I I I know I know we got to wrap this up, but I saw. Um, I'm happy to stick around. Uh, Kimberly Martin uh, from Yahoo put a uh, picture up. She was at the Ravens, and she's like my office for the day, and it's a picture of the Harvard oh, press conference. This. And you see, no, you see no. the dome, no, and it's no, like, and it's like you, you, you know who's this. there. I thought she was sitting next. To, I thought she was sitting in my row. Um, oh man, let me pull it up here. It, it, it might have been on Instagram. So you recognize the back of my head anywhere? Definitely. Huh? Okay. Definitely. All right, for listeners, this is great listening. They're both trying to look up this photo of my bald head. I could take one for them right now. Maybe it was on Twitter. Know. Yeah. You know what's funny? Oh, wait a second. Purpose was it on Twitter? No, that's not him. Yeah, I don't, it's not on Twitter. I don't think. All right, too bad. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you're going to Baltimore this weekend? Maybe. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We'll be back at some point next week. Maybe there will be a podcast from the road on the scene at the Shrine game. Maybe Wade podcast. Phillips press conference. Wade Phillips press conference. Uh, maybe I just show up in media and bring a seltzer to a coffee shop and I invite Sheila along. Mm-hmm. I would say that seems unlikely, but okay. yeah, the other ones are okay. Okay. And maybe there will be a uh, John Fox press conference. Fox and the Wolf. I'm in favor of news. I want... <laughs> this guy's got the uh, itch. Yeah, uh, how do you make it through um, the offseason? Dallas Goddard has committed murder. What a good, what a good news for me. We got news. <laughs> that is not what I am suggesting. But... I just, you, what, you, a, the, what a weird place your mind goes to. What yeah, the hell? Seriously. Well, you got the two tight end comparisons with the Patriots. It's, you know, the no, you know what I like? I like, the, uh, I like the meeting with Carson Wentz. You know, you mm. talk with Carson... I bet we get a Carson thing at some point here. I would love that, yes. Why would he possibly... Oh, wait, is his wife's pregnant, right? Or no? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to go, why would he possibly still be in town? Wow. Well, he's probably, he probably does have to like still deal with the yeah. concussion yeah, stuff. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess that would be a good point. Okay. He can't fly, right? Yeah. yeah. Sure he's cleared by now, or maybe not. No, it's only been two days, yeah, three sure. days. Okay. 
Well, Zach wants some news. Hopefully, hopefully he can get it. You're now. <laughs> hopefully, now, I can break now it. Now, whatever happens, good or bad, is on your conscience. Well, not no, no, because I have a bad story involving that, so I will not. But uh, do tell. No. Save it for the next yeah. pod. Save, save it for the next pod. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And for Zach and Sheil, I'm Bo. And as always, we love you. <laughs>